Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Audio bandwidth for This Week in Tech is provided by Winamp for Android, the ultimate media player for your desktop and Android device, featuring wireless sync. Download it free at winamp.com slash Android. Video bandwidth for Twit is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Twit, This Week in Tech, episode 292, recorded March 13th, 2011. South by Southwest, baby. This Week in Tech is brought to you by GoToMeeting. Business travel can kill your company's profits, so do more, save more, and travel less with GoToMeeting. For a free 30-day trial, visit gotomeeting.com slash twit. And by Audible.com. Sign up for the Platinum Plan and get two free books. Go to Audible.com slash Twit2 and follow Audible on Twitter. User ID Audible underscore com. And by Hover.com. Hover is domain name registration and management that's simple. For 10% off your new domain, go to twit.hover.com. Well, hello, Austin! We are at Momo's! Yeah! And we are having a blast! A whole bunch of Twitheads with us today, and you are great. You guys are great. We are at South by Southwest, which, of course, is where the geeks gather every year. Nerd Fest 2011, South by Southwest Interactive. And we have such a great bunch of people on Twit. We have probably 20 people on Twit, so we're going to move through it pretty quickly uh, and maybe get some more people in here and everything. But let me introduce the beginnings. What a great panel to start it off, starting on all the way on stage right with Ryan Block from GadgetGDGT.com. <laughs> Sitting next to him is partner Peter Rojas, also from Gadget.com. Yeah. Jeff Jarvis from This Week in Google, the author of What Would Google Do? Yeah, Jeff. Twig. Love, Jeffrey. Next to him, Gina Trapani, a formerly life hacker, now smarterware.org. Everybody's favorite geek. She's got the geek watch, too. She's got the, uh, that very cool watch with the nano on it up, there. Look at up. that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Baratunde Thurston in the house. He's from that fine site, L'Oignon. L'Oignon. They were handing out onion papers. There's actually a physical paper. We have a special South by Southwest edition That's of America's awesome. Finest Newspaper. Content rolling out this week on the web. It's awesome. amazing. It's incredible. We're covering it. Pseudo live. Pseudo live. Pseudo live. I love, I love the onion. It's awesome. Good. It's always good to have you on Baritone. Also sitting right next to him, at Callie Lewis. Callie Lewis from geekbeat.tv. <laughs> and my crowd surfing partner here, Lisa Bettany. Woo! MostlyLisa.com. She's also, of course, the host of our new photography show, Mostly Photo. But you, you crowd surfed last night I know, I did. at the Dignation party. I said I would never do it again. Uh, and then Kevin, he's a little rabble rouser. He got them chanting, Leo, Leo, and we had to do it. We and so live. I'm standing there next to you, and I said, Hey, I'll do it if you'll do it. And she said she would, which is brave because women don't usually crowd surf. Well, you know, I thought it'd be a first, you know? It was a first. We, gave, we got in the uh, univer Universal Database, uh, record database for longest crowd surf, first co-ed crowd surf, and biggest 
crowd crowd surf because we had five people Kevin and Alex you and me Brian Brushwood and David Prager nice. that's like yeah. six people yeah. Yeah. and by the way there weren't enough people to hold us all it was I noticed a bumpy. it was a bumpy ride they kept you suspended but I'm going up and down and up and down my pants almost came off I'm sure Alex whoa, Albrecht whoa, lost his whoa, pants whoa. oh my god what kind of crowd surf are you doing? I'm never doing that again I thought naked next to naked crowd off surfing. The ground, yeah. Yeah. Oh, ouch. You're on your own. My pants are always falling down. I, I would suggest you what Leo should do this year to up last year was to get a twit tattoo on his ass. He wouldn't do it. The crowd surfing. I have no idea why he would not do that. Should Leo do it? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Twit tattoo. Twit tattoo. Twit tattoo. So, you know, there is news this week. There's a lot of news this week. There was a pop-up store selling the iPad, too. I want to talk about that. But as long as we've got uh, Peter and Ryan here, I think I really ought to put you guys on the spot. Big story coming out of Engadget. The editor-in-chief, Joshua Topolsky, who was on this show last week, and uh, his, uh, his partner, Nile Patel, both quitting Engadget. Uh, he's an editor-at-large like you are, Ryan. What, is that? what the hell does that mean? Uh, it's an honorary title. Yeah. So did he leave in disgrace? Apparently not. No. What happened? Well, it looks like, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not there anymore, so I can't say for sure. Oh, but Although, you must have some insight. Yeah, well, I mean, both of us at one point left Engadget, left yeah. AOL. Um, yeah, I mean, it just looks like uh, things weren't super amazing at AOL, and, you know, he had to, to do his thing, and Eli as well. Two things happened that I, might have been triggering events. One is they allowed Mike Arrington to go unchallenged really slamming in Gadget. Mike, of course, runs TechCrunch, which is an, a sister blog on AOL, and that's got, got to have stung a little bit. Right, Peter? I'm not sure that had anything to do with it, to be honest. Uh, you don't think so? No, I mean, I think it might have been frustrating, but, uh, you know, I, I think that um, the, the sheer uh, bureaucracy that there is at AOL, I think that was probably the biggest factor, rather than you know, TechCrunch or anything right. like that. Or how about having to work for Ariana Huffington? I don't think that was a factor either. That not either. No. Well, I asked Joshua last week, I said, how is it working for Ariana? He was a little equivocal. Well, I mean, technically, as of last week, it hadn't begun yeah, yet. Yeah, she hasn't the started deal, working there yet. Yeah, the deal didn't, no. didn't close until this, this last week. So now officially, but I don't know. I mean, I think, I think uh, Engadget's going to do fine under Ariana. It doesn't hurt Engadget. No, I don't think so. Really? You, you, you agree, Jeff Jarvis? Yeah, I do. There's a lot of controversy about the AOL way, which was a uh, large PowerPoint that leaked to Business Insider that just mechanized the whole thing. We've heard about Content Farms. This is the Content Factory. It was AOL basically saying content doesn't matter, just search results. Here's, here's how many pieces you got to do. Here's how long they have to be. Here's how much traffic you have to get. I, I interviewed Tim Armstrong at CUNY, my university, uh, this week, uh, and I asked him about this. I said, is, is, is the AOL way now the Ariana way? And he stood by the AOL way, and, and his argument was, I'll be curious to hear what you think of this, his argument was basically that it's just trying to make everybody's job easier because it's more efficient. Uh, everybody else has to do more things, and he's trying to, trying to systematize it more for their benefit. Well, I mean, whatever you think about that, that document and the AOL way and what that represents for content, um, I think it is worth noting that that does not apply to Engadget. I, that kind yeah. of thing is never applied to Engadget. The way that we set it up when we brought Engadget to AOL was that AOL could never touch Engadget editorially. And that was that holds to today. Yeah, so AOL there's there's been, crap to deal with, but yeah, not that. AOL's never interfered with editorial at all at Engadget. Um, and that's not, you know, why uh, anyone left, really. I think it's But, more, you know, if it were just, if it were just Joshua or just Neil, maybe... I would credit that, but the, them both leaving at the same time, 
That seems more significant. No? They have a startup? I mean, you know, I can't I speak know. for them, ultimately. Yeah. And, and um, they, I think they said their piece on the matter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's a grind. Blogging like that is a work. grind. It is. Gina's I, I can't even yeah. like express. I mean, you really yeah. have no life. It's much I harder than it looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no life until I quit Engadget. Right. And even now, I don't have that much of a life. But they're actually they, they left together, so they're gonna follow your model exactly. with the vowels well, this time. So they will start E A E to match your GDP. Yeah, that's possible. It's be great. We already, actually, we already own the trademark on that. I was wondering if maybe they'd contacted you. I mean, um, it sounded like they were going somewhere. Um, you know, I mean, we, we always talk, but what we're doing and what Engadget does is very different. Uh, you know, we're not a news site. You're, so. you're, you're not all about content. You're about liking a gadget, reviewing a gadget. That right, yeah, we're, 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 we're user, a social web app generated product. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's a pretty different experience. Right, right. Of course, it'd be great if you had a gadget blog to go along with that. <laughs> the world has enough gadget blogs. All right. Yeah. All right. So. I, I don't know. It, you know, it's the kind of thing we all gossip about, but it, but it is an interesting shift after you know this big move with uh, the HuffPo and uh, and and what AOL is doing. It does. It looks it looks a little shaky for AOL to see two of the biggest stars of their blog uh, yeah, but empire. The, but all these sites have turnover. I mean, how many editors have you know right. has Gizmodo gone through? All right. Um, it, all it's right. just it's natural that you know it's a very high intensity. Uh, job being right. a, a blog, a, an editor of a top blog, whether it's a tech blog or a non-tech blog, it can be a pretty hard job, and um, you know people burn out. I mean that's pretty. Well, yeah, yeah, that's people probably, burn out. Yeah, yeah. people bur okay, people and burn out. I'm tired. Job. I'm out of here. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. lately. Not everyone has Leo stamina. So right, I burned them out. No, you I didn't burn them, them out, but you know they're out. they're more in the he's more in the public eye than I think he used to be. Now that I mean he's well, been on your show quite a lot. A lot of credit goes to the Engadget podcast, which is a great yeah, podcast. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not I'm not diminishing that by any means that he does amazing there. But yeah. I think all of that together is kind of putting them more in the public eye than when before they just left and it was no big deal. Well, I don't know. I think when deal, Ryan but, and Peter you know, left, turnover. people knew that they left. That was a big story when they left, frankly. Yeah, I mean, it got covered, I guess. Yeah. So, but we didn't leave because we hated AOL. You know, you just I mean, AOL's an investor in our new company. Yeah, you know? it's time so, to move on. That's all. So yeah. we left on really good terms. Gina, when you left uh, Lifehacker, was it like a sigh of relief? Like, oh God. It's it's a tough job, just like these guys say. And you do yeah. you get to a point where you're just like, I you know, I, I love this job and I love this site, but I just need to move on and do a different right. thing and have a different right. lifestyle. Yeah. It really it really is a grind. And all I right. imagine I was pretty removed from this, but I mean, I think. You know, it seems like Engadget kind of maintained their going a small, scrappy startup, even being within AOL. And you know, things happen, and you just get to a point where you're like, I want to do something new. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the whole story and not this God, other I'm stuff. So disappointed. All right, <laughs> sorry. We'll manufacture some dirt. Moving on, iPad 2. Show of hands. How many of you got in line at the pop-up store? One. Well, you oh, have to. No, I did not at the pop-up. Or anywhere. Where'd you get yours? Uh, I got mine from Apple. Oh, you got a loaner. Yeah. Do you I have was... to. You're going to send that back though. Maybe. Uh huh. All right. Yeah. They, they will find you. I was gonna eat crow. I was gonna get one before the show. This They're is sold out. This is the man who very famously reboxed his iPad One, disappointed with it, and he has a, a Samsung Galaxy Tab. I love that right here. It's kind of cute. Yeah. It's a great device. He's selling me on it. It's yeah. No, I like it. I maybe I'll get. Le uh, Where'd you get the case? The Where'd you yes. get the case? Oh, just Best Buy. So they actually sell it's cases. It's not a for magical it. case. It doesn't. <laughs> it's a revolution. Times. And, it doesn't collapse space-time. Harry Potter bird. No. It doesn't Lisa Bettany, you have one. I got one with a magical revolutionary case. You almost have to buy that. 
It's kind of it's kind of like um, I think it's Steve Jobs' retirement plan, like the the, the twenty nine dollar profit in that in that yeah. case. Also, it's not a case; it's just a cover. It's not even a case; it's just a cover. The this back is they, they don't call it a case; they call it a smart cover. They do. Also, he's doing so. this information. It's on when you open it. Leo, do the senior wences. I love it when you do this. Okay, wences. so <laughs> hey, Baba Boy, Saturday, Saturday, it talks to you when you turn it on. You know, BlackBerry did that 20 years ago. I mean, it's been around for some time, hasn't it? I mean, it's not. But it's different a, when Apple does it. It's yeah. different oh, when it's Apple does it. Different when Apple does it. It's different. It's magical. When Apple, <laughs> pay no attention to those droids. Well, all right. So uh, you didn't get one, Veritende? No. Okay. They're sold out. Leo. I got. I have a first one. I'm gonna hold that until something else. You know, they. I was told by a very reliable source, a person standing next to the Apple store, that they had. Well, I believed her. Someone close to Apple close is to how Apple. the story will read when Leo publishes it on the new blog run by Topolosky. <laughs> she was standing right next to the store. Yeah, no, she said, close. there are only two stores with this many iPad 2s, the uh, Fifth Avenue store and the pop-up store in South By. And, you know, there was still a line this morning, and every other store is sold out, so Mid-mo- I believe Mid-morning, that. the last thing they had was white 64-gig Wi-Fi only. Yeah. Who would buy that? Six ninety-nine. That they, I think they sold that. Somebody. Into, all they the Apple it. guys were standing outside with their hands in their pockets when I came by. Now. Just yeah. now, what happens to a bills? pop-up store when it sells all the stock? Does it deflate? <laughs> well, you can still go in and touch it. Isn't that and, funny? And, and wonder at it. And they'll take your order, I'm sure. Right. Two to three weeks now on the Apple three website. Three to four. Three to four. Yeah, they just it's going up every you know a couple yeah. of hours. I know, but I, I'm really excited about it. I mean, obviously having a camera in there for me is... Well, you're a photographer, but yeah. come on, it's a crappy camera. It's a, real it's a crappy camera, camera. But, but, but it's there. You know, it's the first step towards, towards something bigger. Come on now, you're walking down the street. <laughs> something interesting happens. You're going to pull out your iPhone, you're going to pull out your camera, or you're going to pull out your iPad. You know, this thing is too big. The Galaxy Tab over there is way easier to pull out and deal yeah. with. Jeff, have you ever tagged it? Right. Have you ever taken any pictures with that, Jeff? Yeah. 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 Uh, I have no talent, so they're all I crappy. was surprised. Apple did not put a great camera in this. Uh, in it this seemed like they intentionally put a bad camera. It's bad, so bad, bad Why bad did they camera. put such a crappy camera in there? Because so they, they can could. sell you a new one next year. Because they knew you'd buy it. <laughs> Why does Apple do anything? Oh, <laughs> it's a profit deal. They could get away, I mean, they could get away with putting a crappy camera yeah. in there. Who's yeah. going to stop What them? are you going to do? Not buy one? It does feel like Apple didn't, like, go as far as they could in this. That they just went a little bit improved so that there's a little room to go. It's like me crowd surfing. You hold back <laughs> just a little bit so that you have something for next year. Is that what happened? Well, I, I actually nice think picture. that maybe they made the first one a little thicker than it needed to be. Yeah. Just so they we'll can make the second one. Well, yeah. if you actually open up the first one, there is a little bit of extra room in that case. Whoa, that's a good oh. conspiracy theory. It's almost yeah. as if they planned it from the beginning. I, know. I like it. Yeah. They've got some kind of strategy in mind to take your money repeatedly. Here's what I've been saying. I've been saying if you have an iPad 1, feel no need to upgrade unless you, for some reason, you have to have a camera, a crappy camera, or... Thinness matters but, but so much. But you have much. to understand that a lot of people use these devices, like families use them, to FaceTime each other and to use it as, you know, and, and that's something that, like a camera... I guess if you really people. wanted to FaceTime... Yeah, or Skype, or, I mean, that's something that I use all the time. Well, but you think you'll use it on that? Yeah, for sure. All right. Can I ask the crowd, how many of you actually do FaceTime, use it? See, I'm with you, wow. Kelly. I don't believe I use people Skype. do it. Yeah, but I just don't believe people, people do it, but actually it's more than I even thought. That's yeah. I thought one person was going to raise their hand. I'm 
Say I use it, it once. How many people like, use it? Not Skype. FaceTime. When you travel. When you travel. And, and you use it instead of Skype? Why instead of Skype? It's easier to talk to your wife because she doesn't have to know how to use Skype. She just, it's on her phone. It's just a phone call. That's what they do. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what they do. That's how they get you. That's what that they do. <laughs> First it starts with ease of use. <laughs> <laughs> then what? Well, bad places. <laughs> bad. I've seen right. the roadmap. It you're you're dealing Skype before Year you know 12, it. total disaster. See, I was going to reassure all the people with iPad 1s that you don't have to feel bad you didn't get one, but no. I guess, no, I definitely I guess you bad. should feel there bad. There was a big aftermarket already no, no, on uh, um, resale. <laughs> and who's our, who's our sponsor? Uh, Hover. Uh, yeah, them. Gazelle. 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 Thank, Thank you. you. The audience yeah. knows our sponsors better than I do. <laughs> that means it's really working. That's good news, Leo. That's, yes, very, that's very good, good news. news. They're reminding you of who all the sponsor is. You Yeah, you watch it. I never watch my own show. It's like 300 bucks or 400 bucks, but, right? But they're, they're doing a fast market. They did, they, they, they did a lot of iPad 1 uh, right. Uh, sales right off the bat. Right. And you right. can get an iPad 1 still in some stores for 100 bucks less if, if yeah. they're still yeah. in stock. They're not going to make them anymore. Well, what do the, ga what do the gadget uh, users say? Are they excited about the iPad 2? I, yeah. I think a lot of them are pretty excited. Um, you know, they have a lot of the same, like consternation over whether like you know they should buy a new one if they already have one and we had one guy on uh, the site who started a discussion he was just sort of like my iPad's obsolete and I was like well no. you can still use it <laughs> it still works um, you don't it have to throw it away um, we'll ask Brian like, Brushwood because he Brian's here he got a bad one but th there have been some reports that there are some screens that have a yellow backlight uh, kind of thing. Have your, have your users reported that in any great number? I haven't, haven't seen too much on that right. now. There's really always going to be a little of that. It's pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, you're never going to get something where it's manufactured, first run, hundreds of thousands of units, right. and not a single one has an issue. How many do you think they sold? How many have yeah. they have they sold? Yeah, it's got to be hundreds of thousands. I mean, I think it's probably a million. It's got to be millions. What's that? A million? I think they probably sold. They sold a million. million. It's entirely possible. In weekend one, they got to have sold at least that many. Yeah. The the lines that uh, that I've seen were longer than iPhone four, and the iPhone four lines were the longest right. Apple has ever had. Exactly. For a launch. Well, don't millions. forget where we are. No, I don't. I don't mean here. Oh, I mean okay. just right. in general across the country. The, the lines, lines are pretty long in New York too. Yeah. yeah. You know, I saw some reports that um, that they expect. Apple to get to 1 million within like a couple weeks as opposed to the 28 days that it took last year to get to a million sold mm -hmm. and I just find it funny because last year we were all like it only took you 28 days to yeah. get to a million and now this year we're going to be 28 days I have to feel like they must have made a million of them they can't wow. have just made a few hundred thousand well I, I think I think the really interesting thing here is not how many they sold but how few everybody else is selling and how you know these these guys are just owning it yeah. How is Nobody Zoom doing? Else. Do we know? Not doing very well. Yeah. If they were doing well, they would be talking about right. how well they're doing and they're not. right they now. They sold 10. It was great. They, they rushed, I have one. They rushed it out. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we were all sitting here at CES and everyone was talking about tablets and, and how like excited everyone was. And then I said, okay, we'll wait for what? Right. To see what Apple does. You win. You were right. <laughs> well, the Zoom was best of show at CES. Most yeah, people I mean, it, you know why? Because the iPad 2 wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, it's nice, and there's some nice things about Honeycomb. Um, I actually think the browser is really good. Uh, I think that the dedicated Gmail app is really nice, and if you use Gmail, uh, you know, I've never been particularly happy using Gmail on the iPad, no, having to do best, it in the yeah. browser. Uh, but um, Honeycomb was uh, rushed out. The SDK was just released a few weeks ago. 
and um, there's the selection of apps is just not there yet. What about the Samsung 10.1 they've announced? That's that's going right after iPad, isn't it? It'll basically be like the Zoom. It's going to run another Zoom home as well. Yeah. You know, the interesting uh, kind of dark horse is the Bla is the BlackBerry, the Playbook. Um, I, I, I think I'm not very. I wasn't very. I wasn't totally I impressed by it. I think the real dark horse is uh, the HP touchpad. Yeah, the touchpad. That one actually looks really good. So the playbook is what a couple months off. I think it'll be out in a few weeks. Yeah. A few weeks. Yeah. And when when does the uh, HP we'll, come? We'll out? have it at our event tomorrow. <laughs> Will you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're Tell giving one away. Actually. Well, we'll actually, we'll have both. We'll have the HP touchpad and the, the playbook. So they're both the close to release then. Yeah, they're both. Uh, I think the uh, they're both might come out um, next month. Where's your event? It's at uh, the Pure Volume House Loft or whatever. It is. Uh, Fifth and Trinity tomorrow night. Seven o'clock. Everybody go. Uh, open to the public. Open to the public. Yeah. If you're in Austin. Yeah, and if you're in Austin. Peter and uh, and Ryan, I really want to thank you for being here. I know you got to get going, so I appreciate it. Uh, Jeff Thanks. and Gina, do you have to get going? Can you stick around a little bit longer? Baratone, can you stick around? I got some more time for you. Lee. Please, I beg of you. Callie Lewis, I know you have to go too. I have to go soon. I can stick around. TV. Yeah. yeah, we got to give you a plug. And of course, Lisa, you're not going anywhere because we're going to crowd surf at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible idea. I'm going on record. That is a bad oh, idea. Someone's getting hurt. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you a little bit about Go to Meeting. Our friends from Citrix are here. Uh, is Michael in the house? Michael Guarnieri, is he here? I was sitting somewhere in the back. They are such great people. They've, they, they've now, there is Michael. There's Michael. I was just going to tell him about GoToMeeting. Works great on the iPad. You got GoToMyPC. You don't have to say anything. Just stand there and look pretty. Yeah, he's got his mouth is full. He's actually, he's actually eating. Uh, <laughs> this is your ad, dude. You paid for this ad, man. <laughs> GoToMeeting is, uh, I use it actually. We use it all the time in the office. We don't, we don't have to do an ad for it because we know how good it is. We love it. It saves time, it saves money, it saves you stress for business travel. Uh, look, if I had to fly to all my meetings, I would not be here. I'd be flying somewhere right now. Fortunately, GoToMeeting, especially on the iPad, is truly awesome. Uh, I can hold meetings online for sales presentations, for product demos, for training sessions, collaborating on documents. It's about any kind of conference call. From my friends at Citrix, I always say your name when you eat something. Just keep biting and, yeah. <laughs> $49 a month, as many meetings as you want, as long as you want. And it does include um, uh, free voiceover, internet, and uh, telephone teleconferencing. Now, here's what you do. You go to gotomeeting.com and use the promo code TWIT. And it's 30 days free, right, Mike? That's right. 30 days free. Gotomeeting.com, promo code TWIT. And I just, I, you know, one of the things I'm really happy about with our friends at Citrix is they realize that the key to getting an intelligent geek audience to use the product is to let you try it. They're really willing to put their butt on the line and say, all right, we're not going to sell you on anything. Just try it free for 30 days. If you like it, it's yours. You buy it. If not, no hard feelings. That means they believe in their, in their product and they believe in you. That They're not trying to put, pull one over on you. They believe in you and they know if you see something you like that you will buy it. And so we just really thank them for all their support, Michael. We really appreciate it. Go to meeting.com, offer code TWIT. Now, you were all supposed to leave during that. Oh. No, you don't have to go. You can Sorry, stay. Leo. But you guys, if you want to go, you can go. How it's, long are we going? Well, uh, we got more people. Why don't you take off? All right. Thank you. Leo, Ryan, thank I really, you so really, much. Yeah, wow. I'm throwing you out. Ryan, Peter, the door. Don't let the door hit you on the Peter way out, guys. Yeah.
<laughs> no, no, that's all right. It's nice to see you, Callie. Thank you so you much. Callie Lewis, DP.TV. The reason I do that, as cruel and mean as that is, is we have a whole bunch of other people we want to rotate that in from time to time. So let's introduce Sarah Lane, who is feeling much better hey, and looks fabulous in black. Wow, do you look elegant. Wow, gorgeous. Tom Merritt from Go TNT. On. Tom and Sarah actually are hosts on TNT. It's great to have you. And also Brian Brushwood, who is a native Estonian. Uh, Austonian, yes. Is that how they say it? Well, you said Estonian. I don't think I'm from Estonia. <laughs> I said Estonian, too. I was like, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> that would be T2T2, T2, T2, fan <laughs> of the show. <laughs> the Estonian Brian Brushwood. Uh, Justin is here, right? Justin Robert Young, is he here? I, I don't know if he's here in the building. Justin Robert Young, you around here? Get on I'm over here if you lot, are. I'm getting a lot of heat on, t on the Twitter. Well, Brian! For, for, for <laughs> shunning him last night. I didn't know. He, I didn't even recognize oh, him. Oh, dude, it was chaos last night. I Who could follow him. anyone last night? I shunned him. No, All you're right, off well, I apologize. Don't worry about it. Hey, is there any news to talk about, Tom Merritt? What were you talking about on TNT today? Well, we were talking about Topolsky. That's uh, a big story, but apparently nothing to say the, here. What about yeah. the Twitter... We were talking about the twi two Twitter decisions, the one about the developers, where they, the, the folk, they're you know, saying we're changing the API. Twi Twitter wants control back. Let's start with that one. Twitter's telling people, don't write third-party applications anymore. We want well, to Well, that's a little strongly worded. They want third-party applications, but not that duplicate anything they already have. Which right. is everything. They're well, sort of pulling the rug out. Well, they also like, don't want anything that confuses the experience. Well, Brian had a really good, uh, a good perspective on this because Brian's got an application that would take advantage of Twitter that he wants to use. Well, uh, the, the whole afterlife.me project, the whole idea of tweeting after you're dead is going to rely very heavily on our ability to access the Twitter API. And if they're all of a sudden... Now, granted, they're not saying that they're going to yank the plug on the type of thing we're doing, but now that they have a history of changing all the rules out of nowhere, it sort of has a chilling effect on my interest on developing a new application taking advantage of the API. I, I don't think they're changing rules though, right? They're just saying to developers, if you're gonna start building a Twitter app, just don't build a client that just does what the standard Twitter client does, which is good advice for the developer. Why is that not changing the rules? What if you do a better job than Twitter or anyone else has done? Which we've already seen before. So much of Twitter's success has been completely organic. We were talking about during Tech News Today how the at reply was not created by Twitter. It was created Absolutely. by the fans. Right, about the right. retweet was created Hashtag. by the fans. But they want developers to innovate in more creative ways than just uh, a better client. I feel like we've had to explore. Twitter, Twitter made its bones here at South by Southwest in 2007. One of the things that made Twitter was that they had a strong API exactly. and they encouraged right. people to develop third-party apps for Twitter when they couldn't. So they're dumping them. They're pulling up the rope. They're saying. Full disclosure is I have a nano investment in Bill Gross's Uber Media, and he spooked them, I think, by, ha by buying up 20% of Twitter traffic and clients. But there are all kinds of new things you can do with Wait Twitter clients Wait that I want to see done. Bill and Gross owns 20% of all the Twitter clients? Of all the traffic of the traffic through Twitter clients. Yes. What clients is that? It's uh, a he's, tweet deck? he's about to buy TweetDeck. He has uh, Echophone. He has, wow. I should know this, but I forget the other. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So do you think that that's what this is in response well, to? Well, you know, th that's why they cut off his clients because they were, they were in violation of all that, but he's talking to them. He, he wants to work with them. I don't speak for him or his company at all, but no reason it can't be a friendly relationship. But that may spook, spook him a little bit. I don't know. but. But there is innovation to be had even in the clients. Yes, yes definitely. Right. Twitter wants developers to do something new that they're not doing. Facebook and you can do that the opposite. Right? When Facebook brought out its platform, it killed its own apps like courses, which my son then, then built. And, and they said the public's going to do a better job, developers will do a better job than staff will. 
Now Twitter, which grew through this kind of development, is now turned around. I just think it's a, it's a, um, it's, it's, it's arrogant. Here's, here, here's, well, here's, yeah. okay, so here's another uh, perspective on it. One, I don't think they've completely turned around. I think they've recognized the benefit. They're trying to manage it. Right? Yeah. they got this big beast. They're huge now. People are giving them millions of dollars. They're doing award shows. And from the perspective, so Twitter sells now. They sell promoted accounts. They sell promoted trends. They sell recommendations. I'm not recommend recommendations an algorithm, but they sell products that someone buys with the expectation they're going to reach a Twitter user. Mm -hmm. And until very recently, that only worked on Twitter.com. Right. Now it works in the Twitter official mobile app for Android and for iPhone and for iPad. So the addressable audience, if you buy something from Twitter, gets bigger. And if you have some other client out there that's not a part of the Twitter-sanctioned client system, they're not going to see the ad. Well, this goes right? to Dave so Weiner's like, point. It's like having another cable company just yeah. sitting off to the side not carrying the ad. Well, this this goes to Dave Weiner's point that, that we're stuck with them and we should create a federated shadow to Twitter. I agree. Because we are, we are, they got us right here. Yeah, because well, they're, they're not selling your own They're not network. cutting off all the developers. No. They're saying no. the tweet decks, the seismics, the they, can, they can keep going. Yes. They, they're grandfathered in. They're just saying, we have enough. And they, there's starting to be too much no, confusion. You know what they're they're saying? Saying? Well, they're I'm, saying, I'm, that's what they're saying. They're saying if you don't have the dick bar, we don't. You know, you're taking money out of my. But pocket. TweetDeck doesn't have to have the dick bar. Well, they can, I think they, they would love all those to go away. What? I mean, I think really what they wanted yeah. to do is, you, we, just as you said, Baratunde, it, if you don't have the promoted tweets, if you don't have yeah. the dick bar, if you don't have all the things we make money on, we don't want you to stick around. That's, but, the, yeah. that's, that's what supports them. And if you think if you're NBC and you buy a promoted tweet. And 20% of Twitter users see these other clients, then what did you really buy? And do you right. need to get a discount? This is the problem this of not having your business model down. first, right. right? That's really interesting. So yes. that's, that's one. And then the user interface, you know, having a uniform experience, I think they actually do care about that. Is this going to be the way startups work from now on where they grow, they scale based on the, on the support of the community, but they don't have a, a Facebook kind of similar situation. They grew because they made certain promises, but then when it came time to make money, they say, well, screw you, we're going to do it our way because we need to make are. money. That's, that's the way everything's been. That's the way television's been, radio's been. Anything in its infancy, when there is no market, when there is nobody following, you do whatever you think is going to get you attention and make you money, which includes a lot of things like, that we're doing right here on Twit. Right. We play fast and loose with a lot of some of the small things that technically are copyright violations. Laws. But it's, it's what, yeah, exactly. But meanwhile, we're watching the entire face Happy of media birth. change. Hey, stop and that. See, 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 exactly. Stop that. But we could do that now because we're young. And when there's a, po a point when there's a significant amount of money involved, when there's a significant amount of, of um, monetary interest, you have to restructure the rules. And, and I'm not blaming them. Now, I will say that, unfortunately, the Twitter thing seriously has a chilling effect, I think, on developing new content. I understand that they're doing kind of the Apple thing of saying, look, don't duplicate functionality that we already have with our apps. That's essentially what they're doing right here. But I, what I don't like is the precedent of them having even once changed all the rules right from the beginning. But Gina, you're you're okay with it? I am actually okay with it. I don't. They didn't change you write the rules. A Twitter the, the, app. There, yes, I wrote a Twitter app. It's not a it's not a Twitter client though. It's an app that does other so okay. things with Twitter no. data, which is what Twitter the company is trying to encourage. And they're not killing existing third party apps. There's always going to be the 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 non official Twitter app that most of the people in this First room are probably going to use. They came for the Twitter clients. Because I did not have a Twitter you know, client. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I got the iPad 2, uh, um, Andrew Stone, who writes Twitter later sent me a note saying you got to try it we can you can now tweet a video directly from twitter later that's a nice feature yeah. twitter yeah. doesn't have it in their client 
Um, is it okay for him to do that? Because it's not a feature that they already have. Yeah, I mean, I think He's that's extending something. It. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's an extra feature that, that you'd want. I mean, multiple accounts, that kind of thing. But you know, right. listen, most people, uh, most Twitter users, mainstream Twitter users, are using the, def the, the their client, their official client, right? But I think that the market for third-party apps is for advanced users who want who want to manage six accounts and that kind of thing. And they're not killing those. And you know, Ryan's email to the developer list it went out late on a Friday. It seemed kind of shady. But what, I mean, the way he worded it was. And when a developer asks, is a good, you know, a good thing to build for Twitter a client app, the answer is no right now. I mean, right now, starting to build a, a, a Twitter client that is fair. just lets you tweet and get tweets is well, a bad a, idea. A year ago, that Fred Wilson said that uh, yeah. himself, he right? Did. He did. I, I think this is an example of a very young, new way of doing business having its stumbling point, right? It's not that the message is wrong. If you're going to crowdsource and you're going to do this, eventually you're going to mature and you're going to want to s consolidate. You're going to want to say, we want retweet to work the same across everything. Right. We want less confusion. We want to be able to sell the ads. And there's a way to do that elegantly. And Twitter is just stumbling a bit in getting the message It comes out. off inelegantly. It comes yeah, off no, kind of churlish. But it's, out it's, of a, it's a classic yeah. case of channel conflict. Right, and that's what all startups do go through. Is you think this is your world, then you suddenly realize, no, that's my world. So I don't want anybody else in that. Look at, you know, Amazon is big enough that it can afford to publish books competing with the publishers who now hate Amazon. Right, but they can do it. But they Twitter is now big enough that it can start to it, say, right. no, 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 that's ours. It's well, the same way people feel about their bands. Right, bands start getting more successful. They start changing the way they do business. Sellouts. And it's like I loved you when you were poor. Is basically what people say. You know, when, they, when you were mine. When you, when you were mine. When no one knew about you. When you're eating ramen. When you smelled like bad things. <laughs> that's when you were the best. You know, Tim, now that you have a house, I'm. You know, Tim Wu in his, in his uh, book, the uh, what is it, the informate, the kill switch, uh, talks about this. He says, you know, we're. The free and open internet isn't going to stay free and open for that exact reason. It was free and open so it could reach critical mass, but these things never stay free and open. He said, just look at history time and time again. Free and open, it's a cycle. Open, closed, open, closed, open, closed. He says the internet's going to be closed. That's our big issue. It is not a public internet. This is why I keep harping on the idea that we have to have, we the people of the internet, sounds nice, Ooh, the Constitution. we have to have principles so that we can hold companies and governments feet to the fire to say you're violating those principles and we we aren't doing that we're just kind of going along and as Gina taught me hackers hack around and it's okay but then at some point boom you're, we're not gonna be able to do the things on the internet that we want to do right and we're gonna have ourselves to blame too because we didn't stand up and determine what was right about the internet and fight to keep it that way are you gonna secede from the internet right on <laughs> Right on. New internet. I'm running New for president internet. this fall. New internet. <laughs> New internet. internet. No, I think, Baraduda, you said something half-joking here. Are you going to secede from the internet? But yeah. isn't that the solution is when the internet Build starts to get closed, you secede and you go to a different data communication transfer uh, way of, of transmitting and you find a way to get the signal out around. Well, and this so is actually the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Still this, this is one it's of those things where, for much as Baron Tuda and I go back and forth, obviously with you from more left-leaning perspective and me from a libertarian perspective, it's like I want the greatest amount of freedom for the greatest amount of people. And I get in arguments with very intelligent people. For example, my friend Andrew Main, who's just not bothered by a bunch of the encroaching government control of things, because he says technology will advance faster than government regulation will advance. So you will continue to get increased freedom even though technically the letter of the law is getting more and more red tape as far as you can see. And we don't know what the internet is yet. Pardon me for this, but, but, but in Gutenberg years, it's 1465. 
You know, it's 15 years after the printing press is invented. And Who just after thought? porn was printed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those woodcuts. That's right. <laughs> I think it's important to remember, though, that Twitter is not the internet. It's a company right. that yeah, has right. data that it uses, that it sells, well, and it, tries to make money on. It's it not somebody the said internet. Facebook is the internet. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Facebook is the internet, but Twitter is not well, the internet. Well, you know, Sarah Lane. The, the Facebook, uh, we mentioned Facebook earlier, that you know, back in the day, Facebook got a lot of popularity, um, in part because of the, the apps that people were making on the platform, and then they changed the rules and upset people. Facebook also has a history of buying companies for the talent of companies that that do good things that they want to incorporate into their system. I see Twitter doing the same thing. Twitter's now in the business to make money. People have been asking for years, how is Twitter going to make money? Well, they've shown clearly that they're intending to make money. They don't want people competing with them that are going to take any money away from them. And I see them buying companies and talent that can help further their platform in a similar way. Done. Is it time to create a public Twitter? Yes. An open source Twitter? Open, well, uh, a federated I mean, Twitter? Open source federated Twitter uh, where you're yes. not Evan, bound. Dave Blair's been screaming it. But Evan already did it. He did uh, Identica. Uh, didn't take off. Right. How do you make it take off? What do you do? What do you make a public uh, Twitter do that's different? You have to get the hip people to use it. I mean, that's, that's the thing, is if there's one environment where people will very quickly switch to a better alternative, it's on the internet. We've been trained. I mean, how many generations of social media? Uh, I mean, except that the uh, network effect is really critical. So the internet also supports monopolies because if all your friends are on AIM or all your friends are on Facebook or all your friends are on Twitter, it's very hard, or all your, friend, all your searches are on Google, it's very hard to move. So there is a tendency to monopoly no, as well. That's a good point because right now you can use, if you've got friends on MSN, on AOL, yeah. and all your different instant messenger clients, you can use Trillion that does all of them. But if Twitter is or saying AIM. no more duplicating our functionality, oh. then we have a problem. Well, one day Facebook is the next day's Space. Sorry, Tom? One day's Facebook is the next day's MySpace. Yeah. Why don't we just all go back to MySpace? That would I don't fall. think so. Doesn't it happen that at some point you get so big, when you have 650 million users, can somebody no. take Facebook's place? I don't think so. I don't think no, no, no. I, I think, think Baratune is onto something. I say that MySpace are the bell bottoms of the internet, and I say we all go back to MySpace now. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> it's been here for years. <laughs> Screw that, Friendster. I had a guy, had a guy who, who emailed me, and he blogged that he wants to turn MySpace, he wants to buy MySpace and turn it into condos. <laughs> and, you know, it's not insane. There was a talk here at, at, at South By about the idea that we don't have the right analogy yet. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark Davis from Microsoft was saying we need a, pr a property analogy. We don't, we don't own any of the Internet. Right? We don't own anything on the Internet. We don't own our data. We don't own our servers. Well, you do. We don't own, uh, you know, our pipes. We don't own anything on the Internet. Yeah. And so how do we get some piece of the Internet that we own? And, and, we know, take it back! Yeah. What, what do we, what do we take? Force. I just want a pitchfork. <laughs> the problem is convincing mainstream users to care about things like federation and hosting Nobody their own. Does. I mean, who's going to switch to Identica and Diaspora yeah. because Nobody they feel does. so strongly? Not I mean, yet. people are going to switch. However, could, those Gina, same could, couldn't you do something where you still exploit Twitter, right? I can still yes use Twitter to, to, go to publish Twitter, out. Come back to Twitter, but then over here there's a there's a nicer world where in addition I can see the videos and I can add this and I can add more than 140 characters and I can do more. Yeah. And you'll truncate it for Twitter. You still cooperate with Twitter. Right. You still you still exploit its API still, but you build a parallel universe. But how and many if I live in the parallel universe, I'm in both places. And how many have companies have tried and failed to do that with Jaiku and Plurk and 
and pounce. I mean, I can name. There's a hundred companies that have died on the shoals of Twitter. It's very hard. Twitter, Twitter's very good at what they do, and they were very good at uh, leveraging developers into helping them figure well, out that's the stuff they didn't know. Hard part, so this may be the weak chink. If developers get upset enough, right. they may uh, start to leave some of those things open that they would have discovered for Twitter, and see, a competitor could move in and exploit. And them. I would also yeah, remind you this idea. We'd have no. I don't think I'm not a complete student of history, but I don't think we have any historical analogy for something like this, except for the fact that everything eventually dies, right? So the idea that Twitter is going to be Twitter and dominating right. the thing forever, either something else will come along that is different and better than, and we'll look back at Twitter and be like, what was that weird thing we did for four years? And then we moved on to the next one. I'll, I'll tell you what this makes me think of. It's, it's almost as though there's an internet environmentalism where there's two different attitudes. You can either have the attitude of, like, we need to preserve and curate our Twitter so that it's like the way we like it. We need to be good stewards of our Twitter because Twitter's the way it should be. And then there's another group that's like, hey, man, internet change all the time. Remember freaking MySpace? Whatever. Let's bulldoze this business. Remember Pointcast Networks? Yes. I mean, who's dominating that space now? It doesn't exist, you know? Uh, right. Apple. You said there were two announcements uh, from Twitter. Does that cover both well, of them? Yeah, the other one was a, uh, ju the justice uh, in the case about handing over information ruled that because there was no content in the information the government was asking Twitter to hand over, that they had no standing to challenge it. Because when I go onto Twitter and I post and I have a session time, I have no expectation of privacy, and therefore the government doesn't need a warrant. Right. They need. I can't remember the number, but they need. They only need that lesser level of standing this to is, request that information. This is the wiretap versus pen register issue. Uh, you know, I, I've exactly. talked about this before. In 2007, there were 2,000 wiretaps because you have to get there's a high standard. You have to get a court to approve a wiretap. You can't do a fishing expedition. You have to say this is what we're looking for. But you can get a pen register because there's no, quote, content. A pen register means subject line to, from, maybe not subject line. There's a debate there. It means your GPS coordinates from your cell phone carrier. That's not content. And as a result, in 2007, when there were 2,000 wiretap requests, there were 8 million pen register requests. All the wireless carriers have set up portals paid portals for law enforcement you pay a buck or two and i could say where's tom where was tom merritt the other night and it's free and there's no warrant there's no supervision there's no oversight and there's no and transparency to talk none at all right. in right. fact there so there is where were you the other night Tom? there is technical transparency because the department of justice by law is supposed to report the number of pen registers every single year they haven't done it in five years wow. they just ignored the law but, so we don't even know how many there are. There are at least, Sprint said there were 8 million in 2007, one carrier. So there, this is something going on all the time. And that's a very interesting precedent yeah. to say there's no content in your tweet. Yeah, we're saying this is a pen register request. Since we're not asking for what was in the post, mm. we just want to know when it was sent, to whom right. it was sent, who's in the contact list. Very we can get all the information we need out of that. We don't need to know what so they So is a like content? Right? Is I guess not. Function or no. It is, it is, but it is it information. Be. But it, it is, is information. It, it is should information. be our actions. We are our, our content. But that's not the way the government's seen it because that's, that's always there. I think retweet was in the list of things they asked for that were wow. granted because wow. no kidding. Well, like wow. just pushing wow. the retweet button. Although I gotta well, say, when you where you were at the time that you but, pushed that. Come button. on, when you're tweeting, it's in public. I mean, nobody. I mean, that's well. That's the other thing is they can go then take all the information and figure out what was in the post because the posts are there in public. They I mean, can use your on. client. Right. 
Well, Does that really apply to DMs as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In other words, they could find out the DMs were sent and to whom they were Time sent, but not what was in the direct Which, message. And, that, and that's the part that bugs me the most, because DMs, by their very nature, are meant to be secret. They're meant to be private well, conversation between the two people. You did see that uh, the API leaks the DM content. Did you see that? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, that was another... <laughs> well, that's not intentional. You, you probably yeah. knew that, Gina Trapani. It's I in the API. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Does it? It... it Apparently, there's a leak in DM content. You can see her dialing back, like, what did I DM recently? Yes. Damn, I should be crawling that. We're going to take a break. Sarah Lane, Tom Merritt, uh, Jake, Jeff Jarvis. I almost called him Jake. You're looking younger all the time. <laughs> Jeff Jarvis, Gina Trapani, Veritone Thurston. I'm doing good at this, man. This yeah. is you great. Are. Brian Brushwood and uh, Lisa Bettany are on our panel. If you want to do a rotate, uh, Eileen, let's do that. Uh, anybody who is tired Switch of this can everyone leave. and really mess you up. <laughs> we'll really Just I, play yeah, some games. <laughs> I do want to mention, stay here, Brian Brushwood, because I want right. to talk about audible.com. Oh, I my know, gosh. I know. Anybody else here listen to Audible? Oh, Come on, oh, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to. Oh, I okay. love it. Everybody does. We love audible.com. Yeah. How many of you listen to audible.com? All right. Yes. <laughs> so the other half of the audience, we've got to get you. We just turn to your neighbor and say, please, tell, listen to audible.com. you just got to take a look at some of the amazing books on audible.com. you got me listening to the Stephen King. How far uh, in are you? Uh, I'm only on uh, The Wizard and Tower. Wizard and Tower Glass, series. yeah. Oh, oh, epic man. journeys ever Good taken. news. Stephen King says, New Dark Tower 2012. Go. That's right. And it takes <laughs> place between book, book four and book five. Oh, man, I so hate soon, it when he does that. Yeah, it's going to go back Backwards. and fill in a gap. Okay, fill in the gap. There was a gap. Yeah. All right. Between book, well, you haven't got there because you haven't got uh, to book Yeah, five. you haven't got right. there. At the end of book four, there is a time no, differential. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying. Spoiler. Some books flow from one book right into the next. Some books take a break. This is, I, this is a break. Speaking book. of taking a break, I'm actually gonna get out of here, Barry. Barry Tunney Thurston from the Onion. Can I do a quick promotion. I've got my own chocolate bars here. What? Type shot on Chocolate Tunde bars. Are oh, you gotta get out of this? Chocolate Tunde bars. It looks like I got Juju Bees buried they in there. They are cranberries. Uh, and You're what crunchy the company, today. I met this woman from this company last year, Chocolate.com, and they will make custom, custom chocolate bars chocolate. for you. So she delivered these to me when I arrived. Are you gonna this let is us for you? Oh, I was just gonna say. Share right. it with the panel. Share it with the panel. Thank you all. Thank Love you, Sarah Tunde. Love you. Thank you very much, Sarah Tunde. We just think the world of Baratunde Thurston. He's so great, so great. And now he has his own chocolate. When's the book coming out? When's the book coming out? How to be black, February 2012. You think there's an irony that he's giving out chocolate bars? All right, I'm going to pass this around. Audible.com here. You, you start it, young lady. I, all women love chocolate, right? Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. It's Baratunde chocolate. Give it a so Audible will give you two free audiobooks to try out, two credits a month with a platinum plan. This is nice because I tell you, one of the things that happens with Audible, as you already hear, is that you talk to somebody who's an Audible fan, he says, oh, you got to listen to this, and you got to listen to this, and pretty soon you got to listen about it. As long as your arm of books you've got to listen to. Absolutely. It's one of those things where it's infectious. Each little piece of the puzzle, once you get somebody else who's infected with the audible virus, I mean, it's just... <laughs> and what's great is, is that it's self-building because it's like something that you're super passionate about. You will just bring it up and instantly it'll remind somebody, oh, but you got to read this other book in order to understand the context of the first book as so well. So what are you reading right now? Uh, you know, I just finished um, oh, you, what might be... The goofiest, post-apocalyptic book I've ever read. What's that? Uh, uh, the Hunger Games. Anyone else read The Hunger Games? 
Oh, no. All right. All right. One person write apparently really likes it. It's, it. It's, uh, it is definitely filled with woman porn. Uh, by which I mean, <laughs> it's, it's all about, it's about a very, it's post-apocalyptic about this girl who goes to a very rich society and half the passages are about how awesome the clothes are and how great the food is. Uh, but beyond that, I, I've now moved on to Guns, Germs, and Steel. So that's, that's like a awesome giant book. flip. Of yeah, the Jared Diamond. That's a great book. I think the, the guy the book next you has a book or two on Audible. Yeah, you, you, you have Why don't you read? Am I on? Turn on his microphone. Uh, Gary, Gary's Vaynerchuk is here. You don't here need a microphone, Gary. I could just go. Just shout. I can go freestyle. <laughs> but is there it you your go. book on Audible.com? I think it is. Uh, no, I uh, I like to do the audio book months after the book comes out so I can update it. You know, when you're talking about trends, but oh, that's a good idea. So the audio book comes out in June. Are they trying to get you to read it? You gotta I, read it. I, I will be reading. Oh, you have Crush to. it. I want to. I want to plug the book because I haven't had a chance to, to, to blog it yet. But but I got the book. Gary sent it to me. It is really really good. The great thing is that it's practical advice for businesses, real stories from businesses, and the best of all is it's the real Gary's voice. You yeah, really come out. It's that's a really good book. Well, and that's it, one right? of the things. When it's like one thing, Gary. I think anyone will agree that uh, one thing Gary is not lacking in is passion, and that definitely comes across when you read. And yeah. good looks. Uh, well, okay, that's <laughs> up for debate. The thank you economy. He does look younger than I've ever seen him. I do. Yeah. You do. What is it? You look fantastic. Ah. Oh, he shaved. Well, all right, there you if go. If it were that easy, go that way. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> Audible.com. I want you to go to audible.com slash twit2. Sign up for Come the on. Platinum account. You get two books. We've already given you a couple that you might want to think about. Currently, I'm reading a, a great biography by David Bianculi, the, uh, the TV reviewer for uh, Fresh Air. It's on the, um, the story of the Smothers Brothers, which is an amazing story of two guys who really broke all the, <clears throat> excuse me, broke all the rules in media. Uh, fascinating book. But go to audible.com. Pick out two books. When you subscribe to the Platinum account, you also get, as with the other plans, a free subscription to the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times Daily Audio Show. You've got tons of stuff to listen to. Can, can I just say that there's a problem out there with What's Audible? That? People that? are in denial. People have a problem. And what I mean by that is a lot of people just buy individual books. They're like, oh, I'm not one of those. Subscribe. You I'm subscribe. not one of those subscribing yeah, types. I'll, no, just, no. I'll just get this one book. And then yeah. a few weeks later, oh, well, I'll just get this other book. And it's like at some point you've got to look back. You've got to self-assess. You've got to realize you are always a subscriber. You just need to admit it and come out of the closet. Subscribe, make it official. You are always a subscriber. That's what I'm saying. Audible.com slash twit2. Offer good in the U.S. and Canada, but Audible's worldwide, so check it out. Hey, thank you. Uh, we got a new panelist here, Gary Vaynerchuk. It's so hey. great to see you. Hey. Wine Library TV. Now, last year you were doing some pouring. In fact, that's I ran into you last year pouring yep. wine. Are you going to do that, or did you already do it? No, no, I'm, uh, I'm throwing my secret wine party tonight. Uh, Not so. We need to talk about the definition of secrets. Uh, uh, 20, 20 cases of wine are with me. Uh, we're looking for a home. Uh, usually every year I just go to a bar that has nobody in it. And I asked them very politely, would you like a lot of people here right now? That's awesome. Um, and so uh, tonight around midnight I will tweet out a location. And then since it's 2011, I'll go on Beluga, GroupMe, Fast Society, Yobongo, <laughs> and every other platform to tell everybody where it is. So I hope you don't get too blitzed tonight, don't get too fat, don't get too tired. Uh, make sure you're up and about. I've got an enormous amount of good wine with me tonight. Oh, that's exciting. And uh, what is the Twitter handle in case somebody is foolish enough not to be already following Gary Vaynerchuk? Uh, you know, as somebody who prides himself in, in understanding brand, it's actually the worst move of my career <laughs> because I have two silent E's in my Twitter handle. It's Gary V, G-A-R-Y-V-E-E. -E. Uh, You're regretting that now, aren't you, babe? No, I don't regret anything, Leo. I regret nothing. <laughs> nothing. He's but, the uh, Edith Piaf <laughs> of wine. 
So that's great. We'll yeah. look for that. It's good to see everybody Actually, on that, the Actually, that's my yeah, next topic. Show. We are at South by Southwest in 2007. Twitter made its bones here. It really became a big thing because everybody was using it. I think it was 2008 that Foursquare took off. Nine. Uh, nine, was it nine? Last year, Gowalla, arguably. But this year, you just started a list and you didn't even finish it. There are 20 competitors here. Are, is, it, is it possible to rise above the noise at South by Southwest 2011? Can you ask the crowd? Let's list what them are you and using? see what people are using. Just so like, say one yeah. thing. So say no, the no, one no, you're no, using. No, do this. How about this? By clap, who's using GroupMe? We don't have time to go you through them. You use GroupMe, give me the clap. Beluga. Three people. Fast Society. I like Fast Society. I think that's the coolest thing. You device. and one other person. Who are you using it? Fast Society with? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> It's that's me the and problem. the person out there. These, I love it. There are a bunch of so really fun. great services that are new this year, and this is the perfect place to, to use us all as guinea pigs. But they all have this, they're overlapping in features. There's no critical There is no one uh, service that's going to rise and be the winner because they're all doing the same thing. I thought, I thought actually Beluga had the yeah. least interesting features, and yet that's the one we're using, and I hear a lot of people using Beluga. That seems to be, if you're going to pick one uh, above, uh, equal among others, it's that. But, but, it's we don't not that but we don't really have a good reason. No. We're just using well, it. But we can use reason. GroupMe the same way. You picked it. I picked it. But that and was because it was the first th it was the first one that I was introduced to. And it worked on Android and iOS. That, that was another yeah. reason because GroupMe only worked on, yeah, that's and, what on was iOS. That's wrong about uh, Fast Society is that it didn't work on Android. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. iOS only. I like that one myself. GroupMe seems to be really popular. How many of you use Groupon? Just curious. Groupon? The coupon Nobody. Why is it so big? I don't get it. Who? Because people like coupons. But, but, not but they don't use it. Living Social. Anybody use Living Social? Living Social. You know what? That's bigger than Groupon. How many use the internet? That was making sure here. Yeah, that was a good control group. Yeah, well, well done. <laughs> Scientific method. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not the end of the world. There's certainly bigger stories. There seems to be an earthquake in Japan and things. But I just find it. And by the way. I, I've gotten a number of tweets from people saying, isn't it seem a little self-indulgent to gather in Austin and celebrate the culture of the World Wide Web when horrors are happening overseas in Japan? And when you walk by that CNN bus, CNN has a bus in the grill at CNN, and all that's on their monitors is, is the tsunami. Is the, you is know, the I earthquake. just got a retweet. Alan Rusperger, the editor of The Guardian, who's coming in tomorrow, we, we hope, uh, just tweeted a video that is uh, an amateur video that is unbelievable of the tsunami coming in in, in one town. I feel it's terrible even incredible. talking about tech news when really there's no question that's the only well, but, story. But there's of the a story week. here to talk about too. That this is what I did this morning on CNN is that you know with every big story something comes of age supposedly right, but unlike Haiti, this is a highly connected country where they stayed connected, and a few things happened. One, I saw people on. Um, TV who said that as soon as it happened, people were immediately on this because yeah. this is the way to tell the world what's right. going on. Yep. Your friends, not just the world, your friends. You couldn't make a phone call. Exactly. You could text. They were them. on data. Yeah. And we also see that everyone has a has a TV camera. Sure. Right. So we've seen incredible documentation of this event. Lots of video. And, and a sense of what we never had. Uh, you know, next the speed. Doc Searles wrote a great post that that basically I'll, I'll paraphrase him that Twitter is to uh, cable news as cable news was to TV. Absolutely. Cable Absolutely. news is now stale. Absolutely. Stale as hell. They, they keep. I get into the loop Absolutely. fatigue. The same 12-hour-old video. You don't know right. how old it is. Sure. Current it is. The other thing is, I think I watch people on BBC being extremely. I, I thought of Twit. I watched this guy on this BBC show called World Have Your Say, where the guys are just chatting the way we do. Right. right? It's changed. This I'm on TV now. I'm going to be stiff and inhuman. Mm -hmm. No. 
you are, as you said, the future of TV, and you see that now. People are on there with their headsets, and they're telling this is what happened, and that happened, and it's very human. And we see a new TV. So I think in the Japan story, we see technology. No, it didn't cause it. You know, we'll go to that Twitter argument about about uh, Iran and Egypt. Um, there were earthquakes before that, but we see a huge impact of these of these connection tools in how we learn about how people are using it. All kinds of great things. Let me, so, I, I, let me ask a question. How many of you here in this in the audience? first heard about what happened in Japan on the internet, on Twitter. How many of you first heard about it on TV or, or the radio? So, still some people. Oh, yeah. It's clearly going, I mean, I, it was 11 o'clock at night at California time, and I saw all of a sudden a huge amount of traffic on Twitter. I got a link to Al Jazeera so I could watch it live. I got a link to NHK World so I could watch it live. I was starting to see videos. My wife ran into the bedroom to turn on CNN. I stayed on my computer. I, mean, I was talking was about that on Tech News Today, how I, you know, I saw an All Things D post about it that when I was going through my RSS feeds, and that led me to immediately launch Al Jazeera English to see what was happening in real time and start looking at Twitter to find out if there's anything I missed. I never even thought Not about turning on the television because I, I didn't need to. that Al Jazeera English, is, though you can't get it on TV, is becoming not just Middle Eastern brand of news, but now for Japan, you went to it. And I was sort of trained by the recent Middle East stuff to go, sure. like, oh, that's it's my, that's my what regular news. Yeah, exactly. What happened to you know, Out of habit, I had learned about the, the earthquake and the impending tsunami on Twitter, and I turned on CNN because I wanted to see moving pictures. And after about half an hour, I realized I just want the CNN anchors to shut up because they're getting the information from Twitter and right. Al Jazeera and right. other sources right. online exactly how all of my friends on my Twitter stream are. So, and I just I don't need their discussion. Well, and, and so to take your analogy a bit farther, it is true that Twitter is to cable news as cable news was to network news, but that is not just referring to the timeliness of the reports. It also, I think, uh, speaks to the misinformation. When That was one of the things people dogged cable news about is because it was up to the minute, they're like, we're getting reports that this, and then they have to go back later and take backseats. Same thing happens to a much bigger degree on Twitter. You get a bunch Absolutely. of disinformation. But we, we, but we expect that somewhat. And again, I, I plugged on Twig. I'm going to mention it here. I talk so fast, I got tons of tweets asking me who the hell I said. <laughs> Andy Carvin, A-C-A-R-V-I-N, from, from uh, NPR, did incredible work with Tunisia and Egypt, and then he was finally kind of re relaxing a little bit because Libya was, was quiet for a day, and then boom, he wakes up, and here's the earthquake. And he, zero to 60 in half an hour, he's been reporting spectacularly. He's here on South he's by here in town. But that's yeah. what's interesting. On Twitter. This is a new curating form Twitter. of reporting, which yep. is to use Twitter to aggregate, to curate, to report. It's unbelievable. And he adds journalistic value. He'll say, he'll, he'll find out people who are there, because part of, I, I proposed a, a, something this week in my blog. The hashtag doesn't work for these kinds of events. And I proposed a new convention of a witness tag that you have, let's say, an exclamation point, Japanese quake versus hashtag Japanese quake. The hashtag is for discussion. The exclamation point is for witnesses, so you know they're it. there. I love cool. it. And uh, how the hell it happens, I don't I like know. But, but the point is, that you want to separate it out because as soon as it happened, it gets overloaded with people mm -hmm. who, with well, all good intention, are discussing it like we all are and sure. retweeting. It's useless. Just to add the exclamation like part, uh, point at the end. So you still have a hashtag, so it still works with Twitter. This do, is cool. Yeah, but then you don't know if somebody's just really excited yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, hashtag <laughs> outrageous. Hashtag. That's, a good idea. that's a good idea. Oh, so that, that's a modifier on the hashtag. It's I a like modifier. Because right. the hashtag has to continue to work. Or you're oh, yeah, yeah. Both, yeah. both do. But yeah. I, but I think hash bang on Twitter. Hash bang. Hash bang. Hash bang. Hash bang. No, but let me well, start that's it. it. Andy yeah. adds value here because he also questions people. He says, I, 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 I don't know if this is true. 
Uh, he gives caveats. He does what a new kind of journalist does, and it never ends in a story. It's a constant flow of news. And I notice he reaches out for confirmation. All the He'll time. say, hey, I'm hearing this. Anybody there can tell me. Do you have me. a picture of it? Can you go take a picture of it? What's going on? You know what's interesting? I mean, he's an NPR uh, reporter. Yes. This has nothing to do, really, with NPR. He has become a journalistic organ on his own. Absolutely. Right. I talked to his journalist. boss yesterday, Kenzie Wilson, who's in charge of digital at NPR. He's still there. There's been a huge change in otherwise. And he said that Andy is peppering the newsroom so much with news, they can't handle his intake. Andy needs to leave NPR and do his own thing. I mean, no, no, I disagree. I, I, look, because you work within the structure that exists right now. We are getting yeah, closer to... We've read so many science fiction stories well, somebody about... Somebody has to pay him, right? He's not going to make any money on we're Twitter. We're working on that. We're yeah. working on that. Well, and we've read so many science fiction stories about people who, in the future, you follow a person and their experiences right. live, minute by minute. And we're getting closer to that, thanks to Twitter. But for right now, you're working within the established structure. So... He, he shouldn't quit. I mean, not everybody no. needs to follow the Leo Laporte method of, of creating Screw your own the network. Established That's structure. what I'm saying. Not everyone it. needs to be so punk rock. Brian also makes a good point. We don't need any more competitors. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I just think it's amazing that one person oh. uh, can, can do such a good job of that. And he's not using any resources that aren't available to anybody who's online. No, part right? of what I'm looking at is, is how can my university bring some development talent? We're talking soon about how to give him tools to improve what he does. How can we examine what he's learned about who's connected with whom and how he learned to find the good person who's really there because so-and-so knows it. All these things, and, and, and there's, a, there's a new kind of journalism there that I want to spread out elsewhere. Because we think in journalism that the atomic unit is the article. Well, it's not necessarily. It's not necessarily a story we tell. Right. It's, and it's, it's, it's adding value to the flow we see. There's a certain laziness to being a source-only reporter, too, that yes. can creep in where you say, all sure. I have to do is state these five facts, yep. and I have a story. And you really don't. You haven't done anything that helps yep. anyone. What Andy's doing is much more difficult, which is I have to think and curate and weigh and decide that's a good source. I think that's true. I'm going to elevate that. Listen. It's, it's the and, kind of thing we do and, on Twitter. And most importantly, it's today. living and breathing. I mean, that's the way it is now in 2011. Yes. I mean, it's a living and breathing play. It's not their morning edition, the middle. There's no... You know, morning, thump, thump, afternoon, thump, thump, and night, thump, right? Thump. I mean, yep. that's just not how we it's live. It's the instantaneous news cycle. We've I mean, talked that's just about what that. it is. It's can, think, can, tw can think up be used in a real time fashion, perhaps? Uh, yeah, we're just hooking up. We're just hooking into the real time uh, stream you, right now. You're so already we doing do that, that kind of analysis after the yeah. fact. Yeah, after the fact. But, but it, need, it needs to be real time. Real -time you know, Twitter's API provides that. We're just we're just pulling that in. I'm drooling thinking of that. I think my favorite story about Twitter and the earthquake was I forget where this person was located, but someone in the U.S. heard about the earthquake on Twitter, called their family in Japan before, you know, like just as it was starting to happen before the phone lines went down and had to have, had, you know, got to have this phone conversation with them before they became, you know, in, you know, unable to be, you know, reached, you know, while it was happening, literally five minutes into it. Now, that was a Is great story. Is Twitter but the best medium for this kind of communication? Why? He uses Twitter, but... Would a blog, a live blog, be a better place for him to do that? Well, video is too. I, you know, I, I talked today. The Guardian had a session today, and I was thinking about this. There's a lot of talk. The, the, the Knight Foundation just gave a million dollars to the Texas Tribune right here in Austin and yeah. Bay Citizen in, in San Francisco to redo a CMS. And the problem is, news keeps on thinking internally. They're reor reorganized internally. We ought to be thinking externally and give a dashboard to the public. 
here's what we know, here's what we don't know, what do you want us to do, and so on and so forth. So I think there are new tools to be invented here if we rethink news enough. Yeah, forget Twitter that. also works really well. It's like, it's like you're hanging out at Momo's, your favorite bar, right. and someone says, hey, this happened, and you go, hey, thanks. Right. Yeah. You don't have to go to the bar across the street to find right. out what that smart person has to say. Good point. Well, Twitter we'll aggregates a lot of these. Sorry, Lisa. What, um, I mean, with Haiti, we saw a massive um, outpouring of support and aid for Haiti. I'm wondering if we're seeing the same thing for, for Japan. I think we are, actually. I think that there's a lot of internet uh, organization. You know, uh, Apple has actually uh, put, a, put a thing up now that you can donate directly to Japanese aid through the right. iTunes yes. store. They're not well, taking they're, a cut out of it. They're just yeah. <laughs> passing it through. Well, well, not, and they don't get 30 they points? Why don't they get 30, no 30 points? <laughs> 30 points? <laughs> What's wrong with that? They're making an exception hey, to the, to what's the rule, wrong I know. With profit? Sony's I mean, over there going, on. hey, wait a minute. I mean, you know, from my standpoint, you know, Japan and, and New Zealand and Haiti, I mean, this thesis has, you know, this ship has sailed a long time ago. We can talk about it's the obvious. variables, yeah. right? We can talk about the individual story about the phone call, but this story is gonna be repeated over and over. Yes. I mean, this ship has sailed. This is the way it is now. The, every time there's a situation that's gonna look like this, we'll all tell the individual stories about them, but the top line thesis of the way the world reacts and the infrastructure at low cost and speed of how information is being shared and the impact on helping people and, and, and all those variables has, has sailed a long time ago, going back to the, you know, the first one or two events that we were affected I like what by. you say, though, about helping people because it is, a, it is now a loop. It's not merely information consumption. Yes. It is a way to well, act well, and well, participate. If, if you look at what's going on, it's just one big Facebook comments plugin, isn't it? Right? Because oh what God. really matters now, <laughs> but pay attention, pay attention. Because here's where I think it's fascinating, Leo. Um, I think as our personalities and our true identities, our social equity in our space is so important. And you know, you, you, you wanna take, you wanna give, and clearly everything we're doing, you know, one of my favorite things, listen, I'm as much of a businessman as anybody, right? I mean, that, that's where, yeah, that's where More. I come from, right? <laughs> that's where I come from. But I, and my favorite video I've ever made isn't one of the thousand episodes of Wine Library TV or the other hundreds of episodes I've done on my personal blog. It's one specific video which is that legacy is greater than currency. What we're doing right now, our great, great grandchildren are gonna watch this. Right this second. Hey little Johnny. You know, like, <laughs> like literally, we are documenting our lives with our decisions and our supports and the things that we're doing. Right. And I think people are starting to understand that slowly right. but surely. And we all have a way we want to view ourselves. And it's impacting us. And it's, it's a very, very big deal. The collective betterness of human nature is coming out because what the internet is doing is taking away the sh shadows from society. We live well, in okay. public. No, I, I do I mean, wanna... That's happening. I do want to disagree, like, uh, you You're making it. a mistake, don't you, forget. This is being recorded, and one day your grandkids <laughs> are gonna think you're an idiot. Well, here's what you're I want to disagree with. You're disagreeing with Johnny's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I want to disagree with the idea that the ship Little has sailed. Little Stevie's about to think you're an idiot. <laughs> you say the ship has sailed as if, as if, like, this is a story that's three or four years old. This is a story that's 50 years old. This is not a case where something's happened and everything's changed all at once. We're seeing a progressive procedural refinement, an increase in resolution of it. The ship sailed in the 1950s when they were able to show us footage of, of the war front or of the of the uh, the earthquakes. Why and not the 1920s when they were of in the Everything I mean, yes, is exactly. This is exactly. What I'm saying is we're giving examples about Japan 
Nothing I've heard from a Japan story is any different than I've heard from a Haiti or a Chile or a New Zealand story. They're just nuances on the bigger. Well, but the big difference, hand, Brian, right? is that it's not from the. We didn't have to wait for the journalists to get there. That's the right. The witnesses can now tell the world, and that's a big difference. Everybody has their Gutenberg press. Absolutely, but Gary seems to have this attitude. You shrug your shoulders, like ah, Christchurch, uh, you know, Japan. What's the difference? Uh, I say there is a difference because every tragedy has its own unique story, and it is important that we recognize it and that we react independently. To no, it. what I think you did was you misunderstood. What I was saying, which was all the nuances are different, right? I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying the top line thesis of how this is all happening is the same general thought. Of you course, which, and, and what I'm saying is that goes Group back, hug. like you said, to the hug 1920s. You agree. No, but really the point I think that Brian was making is, is, is germane, which is it's coming into focus. So you're right, this has been going on for a long time. You're right, this is nothing new. But at the same time, we're just starting to apprehend yes. that it's happening. Yes, it's been happening all along, but we're starting to see it and understand it. You're maybe ahead of us. You wrote the book, The Thank You Economy. You understand it no, maybe no. a little better listen, than others. I, I think but people I think that are at that this conference, you know, listen, I understand. I understand. We're it's starting to somewhere see it. We're starting to understand it now. And I think that's, that's the point. But the other thing about Japan is that it is going faster and more widespread because yeah. it is a much more connected country than even New Zealand. Definitely right. hate sure. it. Well, well, there's a dark side to this, which is that it's also a rich country. We care about more yes. than yes. Haiti and, yes. and some other countries where this has happened, and I think that's something we have to face up to. This well, New Zealand's a you know, We're going to take a break, but I love the learning. I love the discussion. What I'd like to do when we come back is find out what you've learned at South by Southwest this week. So we're going to come back. We'll give you all a chance to speak. We've got a great panel here and a great audience. Thank you at Momo's. We really Woo! have a great time. I hope you're enjoying the show. As long as we're talking about this, I think there's one thing that's got to be, you know, if you're talking about legacy, if you're talking about little Johnny, if you don't have a website, you don't have anything. It all starts a with transition. a presence on the net. What a man. He's the pro. He's the pro. If you don't have winelibrary.tv, if you're cheating little Johnny, where's he going to find you? If you don't have afterlife.me. If you don't have schwood.com, you gotta have these. Of course. That's why if you don't have a domain name, here's a chance to get one. 10% off, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I'm talking about hubber.com. You know, Johnny's gonna like you 10% more. Yeah, we've all been through this, going to that other place where you have to click 100 times and get around all the dancing uh, people and things just to get a domain name. That's why I like hubber.com. It's Canadian, that means it's better. Oh my gosh. <laughs> At least it's nicer, right? It's, it's nicer. It's more Older. polite. <laughs> Hubbard.com. better at comedy. <laughs> you can register your domain there. Uh, and Tell you, us about it. Uh, 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 no, they speak perfect English. It's amazing. Tomorrow. Automatically, they, you get the who is privacy. That's built in. They don't extra, no extra charge, no upsell on that. They have a great uh, feature, which I like. No hold on uh, customer service calls Monday through Friday during business hours. You will never be put on hold. You'll get a representative, and you will talk to that representative, and they will not put you on hold. You don't have to listen to crappy music or the weird ads. And if you use TWIT right now as the offer code, you'll get 10% off your domain. I do want to mention, they also will take domain transfers. They do a great thing. They'll charge you $10 for the transfer, but extend your domain name for another year. So it's a $10 extra year and the transfer is all built in. So it's just a really great service. I am a big fan. We are moving all of our sites over. I invite you to try it. If, you, if you're thinking of a new domain name or you want to move your old domain name over, you know, when the kids were born, I don't know if you did this, Gary Vee, but I got abbylaporte.com and I got henrylaporte.com. Yeah, I, I made the same play with Misha. It might be old school, but it just feels like maybe they won't need it. It's, it's not too late, Brian Brushwood. I'm getting good right now. Twit.hover.com. <laughs> Do it today. 
All right. Oh, I'm going to beat you to it. <laughs> I'm selling back to it. No. It's a race. See who can get Misha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Misha Vaynerchuk. Sell to little Stevie. You're going to have to go to Wikipedia to find out the right name, sucker. <laughs> By the way, on that note, uh, I've heard of somebody uh, closing a deal this week of selling their Twitter name for $100,000. What was the name? Do you know? They asked me Jason not to say it's, it's somebody who yeah. it's somebody it's somebody who's an individual and they had the name of a major major brand. Wow. And uh, oh, I bet I know who it is. Who? We don't have to say. We'll Joe Rolex. But I mean, I've heard of people. They secure a name. A hundred grand's a real number. A hundred grand. That would, that would Earlier, when Callie Lewis is here, she's wearing a T-shirt that says "At Callie Lewis." I mean, that has become a very important part of your brand, hasn't it? He's really registering it. He's really it. registering it. <laughs> He's really doing it. He is such a bad, bad man. All right, let's start on the left, and we'll move around, starting with Sarah Lane of TNT and iPad Today. We did an iPad Today show yesterday. We'll we do did. it on we'll, Thursday. We'll roll a lot of that footage into our uh, show next Thursday. Yep, yep. What did you learn at South by Southwest this week? Uh, that the people uh, working at the hospital are very nice. Poor Sarah had a year. Oh, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's say, I mean, this is a part from the whole geek part of South by Southwest Interactive is that um, I do find that whenever I come to Texas, and I, I, I know this isn't just Austin, this Austin just happens to be the only city I've been to in Texas, there is a certain niceness. I can't put my finger on it, but I see it everywhere. I think they're all Canadians. <laughs> it's the Canada so. of Texas. The Canada so. of Texas. They got funny Canadian accents then. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I... This year is the, the biggest year, at least for interactive. It's I mean, huge. We all, we all we've we've huge. all heard the stories. You know, they said last year was the biggest year, and this year is, you know, Double. a third bigger. Um, and I found that more than ever, I'm not running into all the peeps down on Sixth Street the way that I have in years That's past. A good point. I've got to go yeah. seek out my buddies. That's a good or, point. Or you know, even more so, I have to go seek out people that I want to meet because we're not all going to be at the same party because there's five of them. Right. And they all start at seven, and right. then at ten, there's another thing, yeah. and then Gary's got his cool, fun, underground party, and it's like, now I have to make choices. And um, I'm not you saying that that's a bad party. thing. It's, I mean, what did you say? Nothing. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you have to, you know, it's like being at a big, it's like being at a big music venue, and yeah. there's six bands, it's less and you just clubby, have to though, choose. In a way, I like it that it's less clubby, because there's more diversity, more variety. It's less clubby, but then you've got the CNN <laughs> truck, and the CNN grill, yeah. and it's like, yeah, like there's the a hell certain aspect. Yeah. I'm not bagging on CNN at all, but I there am. is something about it that you sort of go, oh, wow. <laughs> South by Southwest is starting yeah, to become grow up. Uh, an everyman type of, uh, type of uh, event, and... It's just, it's not little anymore. It's, it's grown up. It's all grown up. Tom Merritt, what have you learned this week? Well, I got three things. One, Sarah is an incredible trooper. Like, she's got a really severe ear infection. It's like, no, nope, I'm there. What do you need? I'm ready to do TNT. I'm doing Twit. Yeah. Oh, I just have to go to the hospital real quick, and then I'll be, I'll be back. Thank so you, Sarah. Big, cool. big props to Sarah I'm a for big kid. not really yeah. whining or anything. No. Just, well, just thank stick you. it out. She's a pro. That's Number what you've two, learned. it's really nice to cover South by Southwest with a bunch of other people. It's a lot easier. Jason isn't it? Howell knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Last year it was me, a backpack, and a and a uh, camera on a staff. Yeah, I felt yeah. like Gandalf. This is this is amazing. Crowd surfing. Yeah, Crowd you looked a little Crowd like surfing. Yeah. Crowd yeah. surfing. We've we've come a long way. None shall pass. And then, but third, uh, I am impressed that South by Southwest Interactive has kept growing. Uh, there was a dot com bust. Right, and South by Southwest Interactive actually got bigger. There was a recession, and Interactive got bigger. And uh, you know, we we're all talking about the problems of it getting bigger, and it's less intimate, and you can't find people as much. But I think it's a testament to something. We were talking about this on TNT that 
this isn't got a product. This isn't CES where it's all about the latest gadgets. This, you know, this isn't even Comic Con where it's like finding out the new movie announcements or the new, you know what's happening in the fantasy world. It's hard to put your finger on uh, on what this is. And in fact, I, I don't want to steal Brian's line because steal away, I sir. think he's got the finger on. Just say, just say the following is a retweet. No, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about it. But he's got a really good point about what he thinks it is. But I, I think we all have a different perspective on what we get out of it. But they've built something really good here that allows you to get out of it what you want and learn something without having to like sit in a boring conference if you don't want to. Sure as hell ain't boring. Thank you, Tom. Jeff Jarvis. Uh, so I saw on Twitter as I was arriving, uh, somebody say, uh, I've never been before, but how do I act like a veteran? And my advice was, you, <laughs> you complain that it's not as good as last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, South by is so over. Yeah, it's so, say so, that. so commercial. <laughs> Jump the beluga. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this year, uh, maybe it's because I'm old and, and haven't shaved and look young like Gary. Uh, the, the, because of separating us up into tribes, I think they've hurt the hallway, and the hallway is the whole value, which is what you're saying, Sarah. Mm, is that yeah. is that if I stood in the convention center, the whole, my whole world passed, my whole world, the whole tribe, right? And now I'm in the. By the way, uh, tomorrow five o'clock, I'm in the Hyatt speaking about publicness. It's halfway to Dallas, but please all come. <laughs> it's a long way. It's over the river. There's a shark there. We're going to jump over it and, and go see it. Um, sorry for the plug. But that's the point. I was going from the Sheraton to the Hyatt, and if I'm sitting in a bad session, you know, you used to see on Twitter, that was the whole point, is you go next door. Now you've yeah. got to go 20 minutes. You can't do it. So the question becomes, necessarily, should there be a scarcity to South by? Right? You're right. The good thing is it grows, but... And, and the whole discussion of too big is ludicrous. It's really rather snobby. But there's a... There's a, there's a practical question of the reason I'm here is because of you, Goombas, right? Is <laughs> because of the tribe and the people and the people I know and want to meet right. new people and all that. And I want to mix with people with different interests. And now the interests are there's journalism and there's social mm -hmm. and there's technology. And yeah, I regret that. There's the that. women panel over here. Yeah. Right. So, so I don't know what you do about that. So what, what would that mean? It would mean that you'd have to sell out. It would mean that you'd have to sell out. I mean, small s, small o. Um, uh, have fewer sessions, have fewer seats. Uh, and just limit cap South by Southwest. What do you think of that? Maybe they that stick a tip like from Ted. IRC and spawn new conferences. That's, the that's what that I would like do. Ted. You're exactly right. So I don't, I don't want that either. So I don't know how, te how does South by Southwest spawn scale. It's yeah. a scale problem. It's having, it, like Let's every just all stay here for a month. Make it longer. <laughs> the last 10 standing are the cool ones. Uh, I think we need new year one. I think we need new social tools. Uh, that's yeah. what I, th I think that's what we're lacking here. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah more yeah. tools to connect with our friends. <laughs> Gina Trapani, life uh, smarterware.org. This is my sixth year at South by Southwest, and every year I swear that I'm not going to come back because it's too big <laughs> and I'm a snob. Uh, but then I come back to relearn the lesson that I love learning in a tech conference is that it's all about the people. The internet is made of people. Your relationships yeah. are more important than your iPad and your app and your startup and I love coming here and hanging out with really creative cool fun folks That's and especially awesome. for someone who doesn't live in San Francisco or New York it's really cool for me to come to come to South by and actually be able to see my friends checked in on Foursquare yep. a couple blocks away versus like in another city so uh, I'm really happy that you all here and I'm thrilled to be That's here That's great. Thank you. it's all about the people Gary Vaynerchuk I, I think I'm gonna uh, piggyback off of Gina's phenomenal point which is that you know I came here four years ago and uh, and no, you know, nobody really knew who I was. Uh, I had a wine show on the internet, so there was a couple people that kind of knew. And it was a big coming out party for me. And I just remember trying to talk to some of the cool kids and people kind of brushed me, not brushed me off, but kind of brushed me off. And 
I've really enjoyed this year because more people recognize me, but what I've been most impressed with is, wow, there are some really smart, really passionate, you know, 25 and under kids, or maybe, or 45 and older people, you know, that Thank are you, trying Gary. to break through. Absolutely. But, <laughs> but it's true, Jeff, you know, I, th there's a big thing I always talk in my, my talks, which is that I try to change my seat when I'm on flights and I fly a lot and try to sit with a 90-year-old person because I think they've played the game that we've lived, right? And none of them ever say they wanted more money or other things. They wish they did more things they loved or spent more time with their family. And I'm always like, geez, these guys have played the game. They all say the same thing. They've played the game. So that's what you need to focus on. Uh, I just, I think what's been really hitting me is I've been going out of my way to have conversations with dramatically, just new people, first year people, trying to give you know, feedback or help and just listening to a million pitches about a bunch of different things and I've been very impressed with the collective wisdom, young and old and Gina's got it pegged. This thing only is on the back of the people in the room. Love it, thank you Gary V. Tell you what Rushley. I learned, Leo. What did you learn? I learned the importance of registering my daughter's domain name, <laughs> pennybrushwood.com, <laughs> now registered. <laughs> Uh, but, but also, what, uh, what we were talking about on Tech News today, and I forget who tweeted it out originally, and I, I retweeted it live on the show, is CES is to gadgets as South by Southwest is to relationships. It's, there's an ineffable quality to having a beer with someone and feeling a connection with them that will yield dividends years down the road. And you won't even remember how you met that person, but all of a sudden, you become a featured item on their blog or whatever. It's about those relationships and the connections. And as far as it getting too big, that is the perennial question. Is there anyone here who lives in Austin? Here in the audience, make some noise. Okay, we got a bunch of people. A lot, a lot of people. A lot of people. For 17 years, I've been hearing about how Austin has gotten too big. And of course, there's some growing pains, but I think by and large, Austin has acquitted itself very, very well, and I think what you guys are feeling is the same type of growing pains that the people who live here in Austin experience mm. as well. And I'm just thrilled you guys dig the town enough to keep coming back. It's a great town. Thanks, Thanks for, for keeping us. it weird, Brian. <laughs> Seven eight seven five. I'm doing my parts. <laughs> Brian Brushwood. Finally, Lisa Bettany. What have you learned this week? Well, this is only my second South by Southwest, and I think just the impression from last year to this year is just is just how successful you can be. And, and how you can start with literally nothing and, and how s so many people are doing this now. Like, you know, I just made an app, right. you know? And, right. and, and how literally there isn't one story, like you say, of, of this South by, like, you know, it's not mobile, it's, it's that everyone can do this. Everyone can just learn how to do it and get an app out or start a startup. And, you know, it's a really, like there's a lot of positive energy. So great to have you all. The thing I've learned is if you want to have a really good party, come to Austin, come to Momo's, and get your whole friends and family and everybody to come out and join us. Thank you all for being here. Thank you to Sarah. Thank Lane, you, Leo. Thanks, Jeff Leo. Brian Brushwood, Lisa Bettany, Peter Rojas. Ryan. I could go on and on. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next week. Another trip is in the can. Good night, everybody.
Down the hall.